This is the Lightning Junkies Podcast with your host, Chaz Cryptison. On this episode of the podcast, we have Rockstar Dev, and he's talking about strike and reducing entropy. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I wanted to make another podcast, and I wanted to do a fun thing where I did a pilot like episode of television where they have the new spinoff episode kind of built in to an, an episode of the old television show that's already on the air. Apparently, it was a lot more work than I had anticipated, and it caused me to go far longer than I would have preferred to actually produce this episode. So just to be clear, Lightning Junkies and my new podcast, What Is Real, are premiering on the same day. You can go ahead and listen to the What Is Real podcast, and it will contain mostly new audio, you know, talking about mortality and things like that. But just to warn you, there will be some repeat footage. I will try to list the specific times of the unique audio in the show notes. So if you want to listen to both shows, you can go ahead and do so without having to hear repeat information. Since it's already 7 o'clock on a Tuesday night, and I want to get this uploaded already, I'm going to skip over a lot of the niceties on this episode and just focus on the content. This is a really interesting conversation, and I really hope my future conversations are as interesting. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Well, to start here, I would love to go ahead and welcome Rockstar Dev to the Lightning Junkies podcast. Yeah, nice to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely, man. So I think somehow I'm going to edit this, not only so this can be an intro to the Lightning Junkies podcast, but I'm also going to be welcoming you to my new podcast called What is Real? A philosophy, etc. podcast that's going to go into a lot of different topics that aren't that aren't Bitcoin, because after a while... You know, I want to live outside of Bitcoin and not just live and die there. And Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is just a tool, man. To me, to me, really, it's fascinating when I look at type of people that Bitcoin connects me with. It really seems like some kind of conspiracy, you know, beating yeah. you even. So I'm excited to follow what you've been doing. You'll be doing uh, with that other podcast. Well, absolutely. I think that one's going to, like, I'm hopefully having a little bit less pressure. Not, not that there's too much pressure on this podcast or anything, but like that one's going to be a bit more of my experimental, you know, who gives a fuck thing where I can, you know, fail miserably and it won't bother me that much. Lightning Junkies, I have a little bit more of a vested interest keeping that one going a certain direction. Being on certain level, right? Because we all are all rock stars, you know, me, Matt, Odell, and the rest, so you can't fail us, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like, I, I can't, uh, I had a bit of a rough December, but I, you know, I'm definitely trying to come on strong in 2020. Oh, man, okay, let's go. All right, so I think the, the most obvious place is to kind of just start uh, talking about you. Obvious place where I became, you know, I uh, noticed you was, you know, you doing your BTC pay server thing. I think it was a while ago. I can't really pin down exactly when, but probably in 2018 yeah. sometime. Probably. I really liked, you know, you're kind of, you're put it in a short way. You're very weird. Thank you. Right. And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just felt like you had your own way of doing things that was very interesting. And eventually I, uh, you know, found my way into your, one of your weekly Wednesday coding things that you had going for a while, you know, you ended up talking about your kind of personal philosophy at some point there. And I found it very interesting. What makes Rockstar Dev Rockstar Dev? You know, is there a, a kind of very minimal version of your philosophy that you would like to kind of to start with or even your history or? I mean, it's honestly like it all started as a joke. It's still a joke in a sense. I tried to make it like a positive joke because if we really want to make the world a better place it will only happen if we all are better that's why for example like i strongly dislike politicians because they're always kind of like saying what somebody else needs to become and do in order for everything to be better and that one is super easy we already know you know like but knowing is only the first step then i i guess i've tied it all that my life philosophy and through that nickname like rockstar rockstar developer because it also is a joke in 
in the whole industry, like everybody wants to hire a rock star developer, right? Uh, so rock star, rock starism, helping others become rock stars, like even me, letting me lead from there because people are joining in, contributing to the whole rock star creed. I'm loving it. Let it go. Ride the wave. What would you say is the earliest precursor in your life that kind of started you on this path? Like, is it, you know, in your childhood or is it something much more recent? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it is. Like, because everybody else, we had, everything is in childhood. Yeah, I've been try hard my whole life, man. Okay. Trying, trying, trying. Like, let's, let's make it better. Let's uh, make everyone happy. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, whenever I start going deeper into that philosophy, like, why do I even care? You know, I, I still can't figure it out, but I simply have that deeply embedded need to see things be better. And then when I talk with other people, I see that it is universal. Everybody has it. It's just how much you recognize it and how much you allow it to shine through, right? Because some people are so disappointed that they never allow it to, to be shown that they care, right? For me, to really tie it into BTC Pay Server, or like BTC Pay Server stuff really saved me, man. Because as a lot of other people in like Bitcoin, we all started being, you know, like admirer of Satoshi and anonymous troll. The question is just where we were operating, right? Were we on Bitcoin talk? or Reddit, or we got on Twitter early, you know, back in the day when like Jameson would have like two likes and everything. But I was just anonymous troll on Bitcoin talk and I would argue with people, like, you know, big blocks, small blocks. And that rhymes with an interesting word, but yeah, let's not jump in right away. When the things started, you know, happening with the whole scaling debate and wars and community splitting, one people going one way, going other way. I mean, it was tough, man, because we were all the same tribe. You see this, how brutal evolution is, and it's tough. Like, people you really liked, suddenly you don't like them, and they don't like you because you believe certain things. Luckily, that's when the whole BTC Pay server thing, Nicholas was getting pissed off with BitPay, and... I knew Nicholas from before and I always wanted to code with him. When he started typing out like all the code alone, I always hate seeing people doing something alone. So I was like, let's connect the dots. Let me join in. And I, I, I just went to the Slack and asked him, you know, like, what do you hate doing? He's like, UI. I'm like, okay, man, kind of do UI. And it really started from there, man. In a lot of my other shows, I would kind of go in a very linear progression from from that spot, ask you more about PTC Pay Server, etc. But I, I kind of want to take a different tack in this particular episode and address more of the the meaning behind the the philosophy thing. You said you don't really know why you kind of do the things that you do. Maybe mm -hmm. similar to that, do you have a kind of working a kind of meaning of life that you take on for the time being, even if it's not solid or perfect? Actually, on that one, I know exactly why. Like I was more saying that. I would love to figure out, like, is it just part of my character that I care deeply about making things better? Like, so much that I'm just, hey, Nicholas, you know, let's work together. And he's like, why? Like, because I want to make things better. That's, that's the part of my character that I don't know 100%. As for philosophy of life, I think I even said it publicly, like, multiple times. I mean, that one is easy. The, the whole point of intelligent life is to top this expansion of the universe, turn it into a big crunch, and create a new big bang. That's pretty much what the point of intelligent life is and meaning of life. That's why we are here. That's how I see it. If you look at like intelligence as a concept, trip everything else, it's simply ability to like create pockets where entropy can be reduced, right? Look, look at intelligence in any form, even go down to quite popular now viruses. It's just like it's creating the environment that suits it and where it can reduce the entropy for itself. Everything else, like if there is no intelligence, it's just like 
constant increase of entropy. The problem is that also like intelligence can accelerate entropy like widely, completely wild, how, how much faster the entropy can, can spread because consumption of energy increases a lot, which is what you currently have with humanity. If we don't keep increasing our intelligence the way that we are increasing our own power, then we will be the agent of entropy, right? We're going to increase the entropy rather than decrease it. Am I making sense so far? I want to expand on certain part of my theory? Yeah, absolutely. What I kind of take away from it is that it really reminds me of uh, Isaac Asimov's The Last Question. I mean, you're kind of taking it a little bit further, maybe. I guess my response is, why a big crunch and why not something that allows us to reverse entropy, but keep a kind of status quo where there is no big crunch, there is no heat death, there is something in the middle where we get to kind of exist for forever or whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah, but, well, it's because I'm a try hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't let all that energy go to waste and, you know, like have space expand and disappear. Because much more realistic scenario than what I'm proposing with figure out how to reverse the expansion of space-time. The easier way is just let's create civilizations around the black holes, right? Because that will be the only thing left for eternity. And once you have civilization slightly, even even like slightly more, more advanced than us, not maybe, but like we upload our consciousness into computers, we operate at speed of light, Time will naturally, like, what you can do in one second can be eternity. Combine that with the fact that around black holes, what, like, you can exist for trillions of years. You're practically living forever. But, I don't know, man, try hard component of me jumps in and says, no, 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 we need to recreate the Big Bang and create a new cycle. I mean, I can definitely see the logic in that, but I guess my own humanistic hubris says, I don't think we need to send it back to the Big Crunch. We're going to say, fuck you. We're going to take control of the universe now and do whatever the fuck we want with it. Like you said, forever and ever, essentially, especially if we're in a kind of simulation kind of thing. And I guess that's always the natural question for me is what if we've already done all this? What if we've already succeeded and now we're kind of bored and we wanted to forget and just kind of live through the, the process that got us there to begin with? Yeah, I mean, that one is quite possible. with Elon and his simulation that he popularized. Possible, man, because as long as, as, long as there is no like great filter, which possibly there is, then very, very probable. Because if, if there is this crazy filter, I'm, I'm more thinking about filter, especially like in, the, in, in what's currently happening in media with this coronavirus and the way that information spreads and creates panic. Quite likely that there is a breaking point where civilizations they become too powerful for the amount of like intelligence and empathy that they have right so because it's so hard to build it's so much easier to destroy i don't know if you saw that jessica is dominating twitter with suggesting that airplane with what 150 u.s citizens that, that was like evacuated from china she was like suggesting shoot it down right so that they don't spread the virus Jessica isn't fucking around, man. So yeah, I'm more and more I'm starting to believe about like in that filter theory. And I am hoping that like humanity will not get into that scenario. We need empathy and we need more rocks. Uh, Definitely true. Maybe taking a slightly pessimistic view that even if we fuck up and destroy, you know, most everything, that life has a way of figuring itself out and surviving anyway, you know, even if that's humans or if that's something else and it, you know, has to evolve separately on its own, possibly into its own intelligent life form and kind of starting the cycle over again. And maybe, you know, they'll hit the same great filter, you know, just for our our listeners out there, we're kind of addressing uh, Fermi's paradox here a little bit. For me, really, like, I think if, if like humanity destroys itself, let's say, like, is it, we, we are going pretty much, to dis- if humanity is destroyed, then we're pretty much destroying all existing life on Earth, right? So what is the time frame of recovery? Is it 200 million years? Is it a billion year? Consciousness comes around in another like 10 billion years. It's pretty pretty late. I don't know. I mean, 
it's not too late, but still, it's completely different. How much do we have with like current sun? Like our sun is blowing up. I think we have like a hundred million years, or maybe a little like billion years. It's like billion, or yeah. two billion. It will start red giant around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is is like I don't. It would be a shame. Like the. I'm quite. I quite believe like we if we do that Mars thing with colonizing Mars or Venus, then I do think what you're saying, yeah, life will find a way. I think those are you know more obvious paths, but I think the ones that I'm kind of seeing is that like for example, the tardigrade kind of survives in all kinds of crazy environments, survives in space, survives near the Marinerish Trench. I don't know how long it would take. You know, I have I have no fucking clue. You know, I don't know that much about biology and a specific ramp up that, you know, what would go on. I'm fascinated about that. Fascinated about that. But I, I would tell you, man, like when you look at the life that was present on this planet like 800 million years ago, it wasn't much different in a sense. Like those creatures were living, they were reproducing everything, but it, it is all about intelligence. And I'm not sure if we destroy ourselves and all other species with us like that are you know, like on some path of intelligence like dogs and cats i'm not sure that yeah we'll see humanity like civilization and in, in solar systems so it's kind of interesting your take you're like pessimistic optimistic <laughs> humanity destroys itself but well i mean i feel like it kind of goes beyond that so we, you in a weird way brought up the fermi paradox so, I mean, I feel like yeah. kind of thinking about it in that sense, I feel like it's almost, almost, I can't, I can't say it is, but it's almost a foregone conclusion that there's other life in the universe. I feel like it's almost utterly absurd to think yeah. that there isn't something somewhere, given that it almost seems likely that we'll find something on Mars, you know, something simple probably, but it almost seems likely that that would happen. How much thought do you give to that kind of topic? You know, I don't necessarily want to get into UFOs visiting Earth. I'm going to dismiss that one a, a little bit faster, yeah. but, you know, what's your kind of take on that? You you have Mulder fan here. And I spent my childhood adoring, you know, like X-Files and waiting for Mulder to get Scully into bed. <laughs> then it happened, and it fell, not what I expected. And he goes off the show to record some other show. I didn't even watch Californication back then, but I knew I hated the show, even though I never watched. But to get back to the point is like, actually, Bitcoin made me believer more that there is some kind of intelligent life beyond us. Because when you see what Satoshi pulled off with Bitcoin, it's hard to believe it's not some kind of higher intelligence, man, the way that it all fits together. I mean, I'm only half joking, I would say, because it's perfect. Bitcoin, you transfer energy directly into digital money, and it makes so much sense. It plays to all the fascinations of humans with scarcity, and it's digital, so it will work for some kind of machine civilization. Because that's another theory that I brought up. Humanity and all organic intelligent life is just a bootstrapper for machine civilization. Like the way that singular cellular organisms like, I don't know, Kyria, they are bootstrapper for intelligent life like us. That's how we are bootstrapper for machines because for machines to exist, like for machine civilization and artificial intelligence to exist, they need that pocket of lower entropy to get started. And there needs to be life like form of life like us to enable them so that they can develop in that small pocket of less entropy and be able to okay now we started now we start handling more and more once ai gets started it's like we're pretty much obsolete and playing back to your question i would expect yeah if there was intelligent life in milky way we, we would know by now just by some kind of machine civilization. Because the way that I look at it, we have like the next thousand years quite possible, not possible, certain that humanity is going to create some kind of machine civilization. And it's just a question of how much empathy we're going to embed into that machine civilization. And if we don't embed enough empathy into it, like we'll probably kill it. Or, or they will keep us as pets. 
which is what I also quote. The more empathy we give them, the more you know benevolent they're going to be to us. If we're going to walk down that path, I'm curious to know what you think about the idea of, okay, let's say we reach that position. Are we going to just join up with the machines? You know, say, okay, fuck, you guys are you know, so powerful, so utterly beyond our consciousness. You might as well just join with your consciousness and, and intelligence and kind of just keep going forward with that. I don't think it will be our choice, really. Like, what kind of choice do we give to bacteria and it's like like bacteria doesn't even like not that we can interact with it in meaningful way so i I think it will be that kind of jump though that machine consciousness or civilization whatever term we we know what we're talking about right like it, it just will be so beyond us that we will be irrelevant and then it will just be a question of whether, again, we gave it, how much empathy did we give it? Because we, at that point, will be useless. Like, what's what's our use currently for bacteria? Maybe, you know, making yogurt? <laughs> so maybe machines will keep us around for, that's what I said, like, Brecky, he doesn't need to worry, man. He's artists, so artistic kind, probably machine is going to keep them to create work of art and they'll be like oh look what my human made but the rest of us it will be pretty much useless and it will really be the choice of machines maybe they'll be like okay you guys created bitcoin so we're gonna just keep you on account of that you know the the way that my brain is kind of going you know since we're talking about the machines and all that let's swing up the matrix a little bit you know especially because the name of my uh... My philosophy podcast is what is real, you know, a line taken from the Matrix. What if instead in the Matrix of, you know, which I found the kind of storyline to be kind of silly, that all the humans are being used as batteries where, you know, humans make a terrible battery. That's just bad plot. But like maybe an improvement would be instead of, you know, renting the whole, you know, body for just energy, renting like the mind or otherwise taking over the the computational power of the mind and just going that way. And especially because then the humans wouldn't even have a kind of existence maybe at that point, you know, like would you even have an existence if your entire mind was co-opted by a machine using it as like a hard drive or RAM or something, you know, roughly analogous to that? You just need to accept it, man. Like we will be useless. <laughs> you know, like, I, you're trying to fight it in a sense. I'm RAM, bro. Come on, I'm RAM. Come on. <laughs> Like, what's my, what's my use, you know? I always remember Rick and Morty also, when Rick makes that robot that's like poster, passing, passing the butter. What is my purpose? Like, you're passing the butter and the robot. Dumb the, he, he's like, oh no, stupid purpose. So just it, it will be a life, type of life that's so beyond us that we are really useless. And uh, maybe that renting of mind will happen, but as a, more like as a tourist tourism thing like where machine goes into human mind and is like oh this is how this works this is so slow i don't know you know to get the experience how it is but we will be obsolete again i think the only use for us will be as pets that's what we need to accept alternative approach yeah alternative approaches is what elon is doing like merging with machine right well yeah yeah it's like becoming some kind of hybrid but i don't see what humans can give in that hybrid it's like most people are hoping it's some kind of intuition yeah i don't see it useful i think if i were to kind of throw out my hat one last time on this to defend the idea that (laughs) the machines aren't going to necessarily win they will technically win because we'll have to be basically become the machines ourselves in order to defeat the machines so you could call that defeat because essentially you're they're winning either way I, I see the cyborg future much more likely. Humans have already largely become cyborgs. You know, it's just not integrated into our flesh quite yet. But I think that's going to become much more normalized over the next couple decades. You know, like there used to be a time where kids getting tattoos was a huge thing for adults. And, oh man, why are you doing that? I imagine there being something more like Johnny, why are you getting your arms taken off and replaced by bio implants yeah. and something similar for brain capacity? Let me increase whatever. I'm, I'm even going to try to go into the specifics of how a brain works because I have no fucking clue. But, you know, let's increase X, Y, Z and increase your, my general ability to think. I think that there is a legitimate possibility of that, you know, the kind of... Uh, Ray Kurzweil singularity, you know, I don't necessarily want to get too deep in, in, in the weeds and all these things, but I, I feel like there is a alternative track. And I think that alternative track is 
going down the middle and something that I'm kind of taking inspiration from Star Trek here, that their their main enemy in Star Trek The Next Generation that they kind of came up with was the Borg. And there were like the integration of machine and organic life in such a way that they were pursuing perfection by forcibly inputting all other life form and technology into themselves until they reach some, you know, pinnacle of perfection. I could almost, in some sense, seeing that happen. Hopefully we, you know, like you were saying, implant more empathetic algorithms or whatever you want to call it at that point. I don't know if I have a specific question after that, but I mean, that's kind of my... No, you're not giving up. My kind of take that humans would all join together in a collective mind to kind of overcome the machine. Uh, uh, you're, you're really holding on to your like. Humans will survive, but <laughs> imagine collective mind of, like with humans. Like we already have Twitter, and we can't find peace even with like 280 characters. So <laughs> I really think if some kind of hybrid is possible scenario, how it will start, but then there will be some kind of Jeff Bezos hybrid, which will go and dominate, and will take out all the slow parts and just focus on domination and once it gets there that will be final unifying consciousness of whatever like machine civilization and it it will just drive the progress of that machine civilization and make sure that the rest of us were not part of that consciousness like nice pets let's stick that compromise definitely like we'll that I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not optimistic because cooperation is really hard. And that's part of what we are, while we are working now on Bitcoin, we are seeing making decentralized systems and coordinating between people, ensuring it still works. Terrible, terrible and hard problem. Centralization is cool, man. And I always bring that up when people start talking about decentralization versus centralization, like imagine decentralized solar system. It would suck, you know, centralized solar system. You have this beautiful sun. That's like 99% of mass of solar system, but it provides energy. That's what will happen with machine civilization. As I emphasize so much, we need to make sure we are giving our offspring a lot, a lot of empathy. Because if we don't, it will be like we're all dying on day one. Okay, so I do want to take a small step away from sci-fi land. I hope you understand that it's, we're kind of kind of going out here a, a little bit to kind of speculate very heavily on the future. Because, hey, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, maybe there's some thing that pushes us, us back as a civilization dramatically and such that, you know, we're not even close to that singularity machine that, you know, is super intelligent and is able to kind of wipe us away like nothing. How should we live our lives now? Should we act as if the machine thing is coming or should we act as if that's not really a concern in the short term? No, I honestly, when I talk about machines, I, I don't see it in next hundred years. Like I'm way more pessimistic than most people on AI, maybe because I'm a programmer. I know how things are in that land currently. Whenever somebody's talking about AI, they're like a bunch of people in back office actually pressing buttons. So they just sell it as AI because it increases valuation of startups. But we started the whole conversation as like with meaning of life, how we will get there, what's our purpose. And I really believe component that should be taken away from all that conversation is that you should always regardless of what time is like you should live your life trying to reduce entropy whenever in doubt think about how can i reduce entropy figure out a good way to do it then you're doing good and and i think that people instinctively like that's exactly what they're doing when you look at all our friends that are toxic Bitcoin maximalists. They are doing all that as a service to reducing FUD. It's just that people don't see it that way. And it's now also your part of your job is like to educate in essence, like why you are acting like how you are reducing the entropy and also finding the balance. As I say, man, to answer the question is definitely a when in doubt, try reducing the entry. What's an easy way for someone to be able to do that right this second while they're listening? To As Jordan Peterson says, like, clean your room, right? It, it is quite a good one because messy room is just expression of yourself in a sense that you can't even keep this amount of space free of entry. And if 
if you can, it's a good exercise. Once you hold the entropy at bay in your room, which I'm too busy with all the coding, you know, always excuses, but make sure that, yeah, you grow that circle entropy free space around you. Keep going, clean the room, stick to the schedule, fill your promises. Like that one is really good in general. Fill the promises you make. I definitely would agree with that. Fulfill your promises, be intellectually honest, things like that. And I think that's a a pretty good segue into the next thing that I think we should talk about here. And that's, I think, the nature of belief. I didn't really mention that we'd be talking about this at, at the very beginning, but I kind of just, I kind of want to throw this in here at least a little bit. We might not spend too much time on this. How much time have you spent in your life doubting you know what the average everyday sense of what something is and what steps do you do to kind of reevaluate your facts and you know make sure that you're you know believing things that are true oh man i i do a lot of questioning myself and bitcoin has been really good because i always i always say it's it's a conspiracy to get you connected with like-minded people in some weird way i've started recruiting people to talk with me like on a weekly basis, some people from community, and make sure I'm on the good path. Just we usually don't record conversations like it would be conversation like you and me are having right now. It's not recorded. It stays with us. I can give a shout out to Gigi, dear dear Gigi, because yeah, he's one of the better philosophers that we have and it's great guy to talk with. And yeah, I would say that's my go to Especially when you start getting connected with more and more people on Twitter, the way that I was lucky to get connected. It's quite interesting like how much people get emotionally invested and how harsh they can be to you. They're like, you do something and it's like you hurt them, right? So they feel the need to message you and be like, oh, this was not good or, you know, you're this, you're that. But it's quite useful it's just you you need to make sure it doesn't it, it doesn't like rip you apart if you can sustain and make sure you're not like being pulled in all the different directions and falling apart yourself like it's quite good man it makes you stronger so i would say that's my biggest go-to lately before i had that i would mostly fall back to reading watching the lectures of people that i respect like Jordan Peterson, like I really recommend him because he shines a light on a lot of concepts. And I'm always confused, like why people hate him. I guess it's because he destroys a lot of myths of modern society. So I, yeah, I, I would say that definitely just get the good foundation. And once you start getting bored, start becoming part of more and more communities. Preferably you want smaller communities. You, you, you don't want to like go on Reddit comment on every subreddit and you know destroy yourself and become depressed like you don't want that you want to find a community of 20 50 100 people max and you need to make sure that within that community there is like few people that you respect at least one because if you don't really respect anybody within certain community like get away from that you need community in which you respect at least like really really respect at least one person and i would say that's when you really make your development and, and making sure you're on the right path not just your own responsibility it becomes like responsibility of community also it's shared and it's nice then you only need to ensure that you're actually contributing because once you become part of community that's also when a lot of people jump out. They, they don't want responsibility. You will have to pick up responsibility and you're getting into this cycle that will correct you, keep you on a good path. You will evaluate if it's a good path or not, but usually like if it's not, then you just find another community and make sure you're becoming happier, more skillful. If I were to guess, would I be correct in assuming Bitcoin slash Lightning is that community for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really for me, it was like BTC Pay Server community was kind of my graduation because before that I was part of a lot of other projects. But Bitcoin community, it is too big. Like anybody that's trying to make it, you're probably, unless it's your third, fourth, fifth 
try and you're really impactful. Like it's too big. You need smaller community. For example, one community I really like is like those taco plebs. <laughs> and they're really toxic, but it's smaller community. And then people are developing within that community, figuring things out for, for themselves. You know, I don't know if there is some kind of podcaster community, but if there was like 50 podcasters masterminding together, it's probably where you would want to jump in, right? That kind of stuff. For me, once I started doing that a few years ago, I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? Then I realized I did it just the society just calls it job. But jobs are not, like, they can't be so tight. Like you, you don't develop that kind of relationship. Luckily, with Slack, with Mattermost, Twitter now, like, people are able to come together into smaller communities and, you know, self-organize, become better by pushing each other. I definitely enjoy all that and enjoy the fact that you kind of just moved into BTC Pay Server with, with your skills to really make a difference there. How long have you been programming and doing that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, that's that's also the biggest part when you're joining a community that I also miss. You need skill. You don't need to be world-class at your skill. But I was doing stupid stuff like I would join a community where my previous life experiences and skills like I'm not even using and in that scenario like why would that small community you're part of why would it luckily with BTC pay server that really clicked because I've been coding for last 20 years man. and whenever I'm now joining some smaller community I'm always like do you guys need something programmed coded and usually people do so that's where i can contribute and then the rest of the community is like oh this is cool we we need this for my programming man i i'm, I'm just sad i didn't use it more ever since i was a kid i was fascinated with computers and then unfortunately i can't say it's unfortunate like i spent too much time playing games right like everybody else and even back in the 90s games have been phenomenal warcraft starcraft yeah, maybe that's the whole try-hard part because when you're like young gamer saving the world over and over in every new game, you're bound to develop that try-hard savior complex. Playing, played a lot of games, started university, and then when I started university, it was time to like, okay, how do this stuff actually work? How I can automate some of my mundane tasks, give it to computers. Man, it's, since then it's been like, more than 20 years now. That's like, it's really amazing, man. I, I didn't realize you're that old or, or I guess if you've been yeah. doing it for a while or I've you know, been doing it since you were 10, I don't know. Being, being in 10 in university doesn't make sense. But Really young, yeah, yeah. Like 12 when I enrolled. No, <laughs> that's also something I get, man. I'm, I'm so relaxed. Probably use the word goofy. So the people expect that I'm, I'm like 16 or something, especially with that rock star. And then when they find find out I'm like almost forty, I mean I have two more years. Still, still a little bit more goofing around. Let's go ahead and take us back to the mundane of Bitcoin here. <laughs> yeah, which I don't think is mundane, but you know, hey, uh, some of the listeners that are only listening to the philosophy side of this might not have the same opinion. It's that's because they haven't gotten into Bitcoin. Bitcoin is strongest drug there is so you end up just scrolling your twitter feed saying bitcoin fixes this nine to nine job agreed so kind of taking us back to you know what you're kind of doing in bitcoin and lightnings most people know what btc pay server is but can i give us like a couple minute rundown of what that is on a kind of high level for everybody yeah so btc pay server focus once it was established was pretty much to be a merchant solution, like a payment processor, and obsolete Bit BitPay. Go with the whole creed of Bitcoin that you should be self-sufficient. And if you're really depending on third parties to do stuff for you, what's the point? And really, if we're ever to build economy on top of Bitcoin, it will need to be economy in which you are receiving money for some kind of service. And that's where BTC Pay Server comes in because everybody... When we're talking about running your full node, running Lightning, you're doing all that so that you are receiving funds and verifying that funds that you received are actually Bitcoin. They're not some version of Bitcoin that wants 
somebody wants to establish. You want to receive the Bitcoin through the rules that you validate. And BTC Pay Server, I, I think, fulfilled that idea and mission perfect. What I love, the way that I look at it, there are like more and more and more open source projects nowadays that are starting. I like to think at least a little bit of inspiration was thanks to the success of BTC Pay Server because BTC Pay Server, it's, the success is overwhelmingly thanks to the community and, and the fact that so many people wanted you know, something to happen to go against big established players who were essentially trying to take community in whatever direction they wanted. With BTC Pay Server, open source project around there, you know, people can rally around. It was phenomenal and I, I would say it even fulfilled that mission and Nowadays, it's just community open source project that connects Bitcoiner. <laughs> That's how I got it. Well, just to kind of throw it out there, it's like I've been using BTC Pay Server since 2018. From my perspective, mainly to run my LND node and kind of explore Lightning and understand that world quite a bit, and you know, go from there. How much time? I mean, I mean, obviously, you've been doing a lot of things with Lightning more recently, but. When did your exploration into Lightning begin? Really begin in earnest once I joined BTC Pay Server because that's the big problem with knowledge and, and why those small groups I mentioned shine a lot because you have all these questions on some subject and then if you're exploring it alone, it's so easy to get stuck. And with Lightning, as soon as Nicholas told me, okay, uh, you want to integrate L&D because he integrated C-Lightning. And I was like, okay, yeah, I want to integrate it. Then you're forced to actually understand how that works. That's where my exploration really became really technical. So that's what, 2018? That's where I really, really got into Lightning. And recently I've even been considering starting to pick up go lang in more depth and contribute to L&D, but not enough hours in the day, especially with the stuff I'm working on with Jack and Zap or as we launch like Stripe. So I definitely want to hear that. How did you get that? Is it a job? I guess I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can say it's a job. Well, as Jack was joking, yeah, he's my nephew, man. I'm his uncle, Uncle Rockstar. Yeah, we, we just met through BTC base server initially because when I integrated L&D, because Zap was absolutely like the best wallet and started the whole Lightning wallet avalanche, Jack saw nicely that once users are paying to L&D on BTC based server, it is good if you can actually have wallet on top of that as a merchant so that you can control your Lightning funds. It is awesome setup because you don't need your local L&D node that you now need to expose in order to get funds. You rather have BTC Pay server running, L&D is wrapped, Bitcoin D is wrapped. You are receiving funds and then you have mobile app to, that you connect to the server and you're like controlling. That's where we initially met. And then we really, we really hit it off when we had that parting with Romano. We were talking even then about maybe doing something more. Uh, the whole my arrangement with Zap joining the Zap team as full members started six, seven months ago. Because Jack also, once we talked, he got wind of all my experience in startup. I've been, ever since I came to US, I've coded only in startups and participated in quite few successful money raises, semi successful exits. Like I never had an exit that's like 10x, but. He, he really, I guess, wanted to make use of my experience. I wanted to work with him. So, yeah, we hit it off in the last seven months. You know, it's been freaking awesome. Knock on the wood. And what have been the biggest things that you have developed in that time over there? This whole strike thing, uh, thing the back end, was my focus. I actually built quite few, like, you know, if you have a startup that raises, like, like I had, few years ago startup that raises like two million and you need to get you get to the point where you have a million users on the platform making sure that actually works it's a hard task my main focus on strike is exactly back end and making sure that all those clients the calls that are being made 
everything works and everything functions. Do you want to let the listeners know what Strike is, you know, if they happen to not be on Bitcoin Twitter? Yeah, or they're like under the rock. Well, it's pretty much our attempt to make, to like accelerate the whole hyper Bitcoinization because what we found out and Jack explained this much better. If you want more details, I definitely encourage you to Google Jack Mallers and just go on his Twitter feed, see his video styles, video style with boxers. Everybody's going mad about that. But yeah, I'm just going to give short introduction and then he expands it in more detail because when we did initial like research into getting people on Bitcoin, a lot of those people, they're not interested in like getting full nodes, setting up L&D, setting up channels, managing channels. They want to join this Bitcoin economy, but make it way, way less friction and way easier. And the strike Matt Tudell put it, it's like reverse payment process where you can take your bank account and it suddenly speaks lightning and because it speaks lightning you can participate in this you know whole new economy much much more efficient and settles in a second over life you know jack and other people at zap has been doing a lot of very interesting things the three things that i'm probably most familiar with right now are probably you know, the Olympus, Strike, Hash Power derivatives, or that's what it is, or if it's transaction fee derivatives. Do you just find him to be like a very interesting dude, I guess? Oh, of course, man. I'm telling you, he's my nephew. So he inherited a lot of that interesting for me, man. No, <laughs> yeah, family. No, uh, it's just the way that some people put it is like how his brain operates. And this is also something I talk with him a lot. When when he started Zap, it's obviously like he just wanted to make positive impact, and it's been very positive impact when you look at the wallet landscape nowadays. And with Trike and Olympus, it is quite tied together because Olympus is just a name for uh, all the backend that I mentioned. I'm focusing on, and really the the whole project. I guess it will go under the name of Trike until. What we have in plan, we give access to that API to third parties because the whole game is settlement and the direction which we want to go, we want to make sure that we accelerate this Bitcoin economy. So if you have a Bitcoin shop, now your target market and the people that can actually pay you will be way bigger. That That's pretty much our focus. I am hoping that Jack will uh, manage to fight off all the forces that are pulling him in different direction and that he will be able to stay focused on strike. But even if he, you know, starts going in some other direction, I think Zap team is phenomenal. It's not just him, it's, you know, Mr. Felton, who is really underappreciated on Twitter, and Roth, Otto, Ole, all the other guys in the team that are not even known around wider community and that's kind of also something I'm hoping to help with now that I joined Zap Team. Promote other Zap Team members more so that they get credit they deserve. Uh, definitely. I can, you know, I would appreciate that, you know, happening more often for all, all the little people out there doing the work that, you know, they never get the recognition for. Yeah, but it's also what's interesting in Zap Team is how much focused all the guys are. And I was actually telling this to them this morning. Usually when I was doing startups, here in US, I would I wouldn't have so many great technical people to fall back on. And with Zap team, there are so many technical people and they they don't spend so much time shit posting on Twitter like the way that I do. You know, they're really focused. And I was telling them that really am glad that I'm in that position. As I was saying about the environment, it's all about how much you can fail and how much environment will pick you up. And not that I'm preparing them for my failure, but I'm, I'm just glad it's an option. Would you say that there could be a lot of interplay, let's say, between, you know, what's going on at Zap and what's going on at BTC Pay Server? Oh, definitely. Definitely that one. But it's, it's really a question of how much there is to do. Because when you look at the strike and interest, that it raised two, three days, man. 
if you just go on Twitter and see what's happening, you're like, oh, how much interest there is. You won't believe how much interest there is through private channels. I would say we have our task list full for at least next few months. And then BTC Pay server itself with Nicholas and the stuff that team wants to do there. It's also like quite few things to do. So it is a question of how the roadmaps can overlap. I don't think there will be much synergy there in like short time frame, but in the longer time frame, we're all converging thanks to Bitcoin. Just need to make that Bitcoin economy happen. If we were to take, you know, let's say we were to snap our fingers and make BTC Pay Server and Zap not exist anymore. So those weren't projects you could actually help at the moment. Where there be any other projects out there, uh, open source or otherwise, that you would really want to uh, throw your hat in with? Well, I mean, I always advertise RTL, Ride the Lightning. No, man, like I'm saying goof because there are so many great projects. I probably can even join Wasabi, also C Sharp. And it's a subject that very much interests me. And I think one underappreciated scaling approach that hasn't been explored as much and will probably be way more explored once we have Schnorr and Bitcoin is, is like scaling through coin joints where you can have a coin joints that never end, coin joints where you can carry the balance and then you can have some kind of show me in cash. So Sabi man, I don't understand like the whole deal between like Samurai, like Dojo and, <laughs> and like Sabi because Samurai guys seem really combative. Like, what's up with that? Do you have any insights on that one? I do not. The The main dude at Samurai was, was always super nice to me. At one time, there was something wrong with the wallet or something. I told him, hey, man, I lost all my Bitcoin. He said, how much was in there? And I told him, and he sent me more, like it was nothing. So since then, I was like, dude, this guy is not fucking around. He's actually pretty responsible dude so yeah i i definitely need to whenever i have time i need to look more into that because bitcoin is is full of interesting characters that are like that i actually i find that type of people quite refreshing like one of the biggest conflicts that i had in this space was with francis make that happen because francis is francis but like it's done man and then when we really had a good conversation i always say to reference what i was saying back like being aggressive is a great thing when it's productive and i love that so as long as you're contributing in positive manner that's fantastic definitely need to look into samurai guys because man all that i see from them are just like those small tweets and it's always some fighting i need to see what's what's the deal maybe i would even look into if that team needs some kind of help noddle is doing great job i don't know how much i can help with hardware but so many so many great projects finish it i i would maybe join with crazy brazilian rodolfo do <laughs> hardware wallet i would ask you to do some uh, lightning wallets like i definitely heard people uh, talking about that before and i need more shit to spend my money on so <laughs> we'll make it happen man we'll make it happen. i'm telling you so many great projects and just we need to keep keep it going. There is also that project that's getting really popular late. My nose. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. Do you think that there's anything missing from the world of Lightning or Bitcoin in general that we desperately need? I've already mentioned what I think is the biggest thing, and that's more layer two technology. You know, I, I would really want to see some kind of scaling through coin joints people coming together, small association or guilds, completely anonymous. But the ones that would keep and ensure that access of individual to the on-chain transactions is possible. Because with the model that we have picked for you know scaling the Bitcoin further, future in which individual can't access blockchain and send on-chain transactions, that's the future, right? Because block space is a commodity. It needs to ensure that miners stay profit. So I definitely want to see the future in which individuals still has access to main, you know, to the blockchain and on-chain transactions. It's just what the model will ensure that access is not abused and turned into new iteration of Doshi Dice, a bunch of spam transactions like Jihan when he went spam transaction but i would say yeah that is most important as for lightning itself 
I think it's in really, really good hands. The real explosion of lightning is yet to come. And I think it will be, that's coming as soon as exchanges really join in. Because once exchanges join in, they will be natural entry point. And both entry point and end point to the Lightning Network for most people. Because if you can deposit your funds on the exchange through Lightning Channel, like why would you choose any other model? Because if exchange gets hacked, you still control your Bitcoin. And if you're connected to the exchange, not only can you send Lightning transactions and pay Ellen invoices, you can also completely naturally rebalance the channels by going into fiat, like in and out. I think that part is quite overlooked. Luckily, like I've been pounding that more than a year now, a few years, but more and more people are now working on, on that. And I see quite, quite inevitable that model is coming. It will help a lot. And then finally, what Blockstream is doing with Liquid and LBTC, that's quite interesting model as well that will be more enterprise it will be really bad for ethereum but what can you do too busy switching to proof of stake vitalik will keep that interesting with his experiment was there anything else you kind of wanted to go into before we uh, wrap things up here no man i think it's been a wild ride hope you enjoyed it i definitely did and hopefully the uh, listeners did as well do you kind of want to just reiterate how the uh, listeners can find you on the uh, interwebs? Yeah, as long as you type in Rockstar Developer on Twitter, first account that should pop out should be me. BTC-based server Mattermost is also a great place to get in touch. If you're coming to any upcoming conferences, uh, Bitcoin 2020 in March in San Francisco, like drop a message. As I said, I'll be doing a lot of partying late night partying so if you want to join in uh are you going to be in san francisco uh yes i'm going to bitcoin 2020 but i'm probably not going to be doing too much partying to be honest uh, oh no man you are gonna drag your drag you along so yeah that that one definitely like if let's close with that advice yeah if you're into bitcoin and even if you're especially if you're not into bitcoin and want to get into bitcoin and understand why all these people are wasting so much time on funny internet money come to the conference come to bitcoin 2020 and everything will click hopefully <laughs> no no for sure man 100 percent success rate just ask people who were running with me in berlin 2 a.m you don't know about that one. Definitely heard of that happening, but I was like, I am sure as fuck not doing that. I can barely stay up past eight o'clock with his jet lag. Yeah, ask ask Gigi. He was saying uh, he's also not going to run. Then he showed up. We'll see in San Francisco. That'll be a little bit easier. There'll be zero jet lag for me. All right, man. So we'll go ahead and end it there. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been a pleasure, man. You as well, man. All right. We're done. Why are you still listening to the podcast? Boom. That was the 23rd episode of the Lightning Junkies podcast. What did you think about the podcast today? Was it an enjoyable podcast? Did you learn anything? Did Rockstar Dev inspire you to greater heights of glory that you might not have otherwise reached? Okay, enough of that. I don't want to spend too much time on this outro, but I definitely wanted to let listeners know how they can support the podcast. This episode was probably the longest amount of time I spent on editing and doing voiceovers after the fact for any other episode, or I guess in this case, a pair of episodes uh, in my quote-unquote podcast career, which admittedly only started last September. Once again, if you took something away of value from this podcast, I would highly recommend chipping in Bitcoin or Bitcoin over Lightning at crowdfund.lightningjunkies.net. You can also support the podcast by using tipping.me or lncast.com. Those links are in the show notes. Also, if you wanted to sign up for SparkSwap through one of my links in the show notes, you can also receive 100,000 sats. I'll also receive 100,000 sats after you purchase at least $15 worth of Bitcoin. Do note that you'll have to go through their KYC program 
But if you're okay with that and you you know want to buy some Bitcoin through them and get it directly over the Lightning Network, go ahead and sign up through that link. It would be much appreciated. You can also do the same thing with Fold and receive 20,000 sats. They're a great place to stack sats and earn sats rewards through normal purchases at retailers like Amazon, Starbucks, Uber, and others. That's it for now. At the end of this universe, in hundreds of trillions of years, there will be me. There will be me, and I will say one thing to you. I will say one thing. <laughs>